Welcome to the Vintage House Show and Podcast, the Megas Philosophical Grooves Edition, all powered by the Modern Dance Music Research and Archiving Foundation. I'm your host, Kevin Mega McFall, and tonight our special guest is DJ, filmmaker, producer, and overall house music legend, Chip E. Chip E joins us as he has a presentation, a PowerPoint, if you will, on his theory of relativity. Relativity around what was the first house music record, how it was defined, um, what lyrics it contained, and what was the beat, the beat, that kick bass that defines his theory of house music. It's a great show. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy. You are listening to Vintage House on WNUR with DJ Lori Branch, Kevin Mega McFall, and Lauren Lowry. Vintage Vintage House. Vintage Vintage House. Vintage Vintage House. Vintage Vintage House. Original architect of house music. Just getting into an electric set live in studio with Chippy. We we were surprised by his consent to do a live set and appreciate them and now we're gonna no fear is is the mantra this man goes by and so now we're gonna have a sit down because of course we want to hear from the man himself he did his magic on the decks in the background we've got a set the back in the day old school mix available on Mixcloud from 2017 it sets the right tone for this conversation we're about to have. One, two, one, two. There All right, go. there you are. We're live in studio with Chippy, and I am honored. How are you, sir? I'm well, man. I'm well. I'm blessed. I cannot complain. Uh, everything's going right. I'd love to hear that. We're appreciative of your uh, commitment to join us here in studio. Man, it was a long journey from the northwest suburbs. I mean, whoo! But I, I was I was starting to curse you a little bit there, Kevin. Just a little bit. Let 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 me do something. How does if you could do the honor of signing my copy of Time right. to Jack and its house and its house. And House Energy. And Sensuous House. And Sensuous House on the other side. Yeah, there's a lot of house on there. Oh, wow. So, if you would sign this before the end of the evening, hopefully that would make up for some of it, because this is house history right here. It is, but don't try to knock me off to increase the value. (laughs) 
I will not do that because I'm sure you've got a lot more house to uh, create and produce, and so we want to be able to experience that. And um, I'll leave this for generations to come. So in 1982, that was 20, 30, well, so what 40. So when you said 82, I started, I started DJing about 82. Yes. Um, yeah, doing sock hops and whatnot. Um, my man Leonard Roy can tell you about that. He used to help with the uh, with the sounds. I remember one time he went on he went on the bus. Didn't have a car. Took all the sounds on the bus to support me at Kimwood Academy for a sock hop. That's dedication. That's that's love. He that's he love was sharing a little bit about that, and he's a friend of Vintage House, and obviously a, a friend of Chippy, um, oh, yeah, and a contributor to um, the genre of house music as well and oh, we yeah. appreciate his contributions but what what sparked your interest i wanted to i like dancing i also like controlling the music i just <coughs> i felt like i had a good selection of music i hope you heard that in my little mix um i felt like i wanted to be in control of it in order to be in control of the uh music you know you have to be the dj and being a dj meant always having the newest latest cuts so even though I was working at imports and I was a buyer there and I was getting a lot of the new stuff it just wasn't enough for me I really wanted to uh, go out and start making my own tunes and what convinced you I mean did you have musical training did you understand how to read music what what enabled you to believe that you could I just felt it in my soul I just felt it um, you know, so it's three things. One, I was uh, DJing on weekends and at nights, so I knew what the what the floor liked. Two, I was taking some marketing classes and some music theory classes at Columbia College. Columbia. But uh, also, I was working at Imports, so I knew how people asked for music and what people would do when they were asking for music. So I kind of put all that together, and that's how I made a conscious decision to create a new genre of music called house music. Now, I know it's controversial. A lot of people like to say this record or that record, but you know, we're all welcome to have our own opinions, but we gotta share the universal truths. There was only one record that is an original and it came out and declared its house. So it declared its house and that made it house, but what were the circumstances? There were certainly environmental factors, things going on around the city, opportunities for others to have made that claim as well. What makes this claim special? I'm glad you asked that question. Can you kill that? <laughs> so we're plugged in and we're going to patch through a in-studio with Chippy. Joe Smooth and was Joe supposed Smooth. to be here, but this is... Uh, this is a Joe Smooth, he's a friend of the yeah, show. Yeah, he was, was going to be here, but, you know, it's a long way. But uh, this is just a little excerpt of uh, something we presented at ADE recently. And one of the things we talked about was, you know, a lot of people cl claim uh, Jamie's song. Uh, should we go eighth inch or can you hear it off the speaker, you think? Um, we probably need to connect it to the... Eighth inch out? Yep. Yeah. Okay, let's patch that in. Yep, so we're in studio doing a uh, in-depth research here on on this claim. Right. And um, I feel like a uh, an insurance underwriter because we got to get underneath right. how this thing, this was not accidental. Okay, 
Yeah, and that's what it is. It's like I'm not I'm not I'm presenting facts here, not opinions. Okay. So first of all, Jamie Principles Your Love, that song was it replicates an existing song in genre. It was inspired by Electris Feels Good. So let's just listen to a little bit of Electris. So I think we can hear that, and then we listen to Jamie's. Yep. Yeah, so you can clearly hear the influences. Again, not to disparage anybody. I mean, I love this song. I love Jamie. But it, it wasn't an original record. It didn't say house. Not that it has to say house. But when we come back to the roots, we've got to have a place where there was a conscious decision. So then we go to uh, my buddy J.M. Silk, Steve Hurley. Music is the key. That really turns the existing baseline of uh, John Roca. I want it to be real backwards. Listen to a little of that. Hot baseline. So those of us uh, tuned in to Facebook Live, we we're listening to snippets of early dance music, and including uh, Electra feels good, and we just heard a little bit of John Roca. Yeah. Now here's. Uh, I want it to be real. Music is the key. You can hear the influence there. So isn't all music influenced by earlier pioneers and no, artists? No, not all. No. Not all. Not all. But, but let's, let's take a look at this claim on, uh, hey Jesse, what's up? On um, <laughs> 1984's On and On. So this was sampled from an existing uh, song and genre. It was a group called Mock out of Miami, and they had this song called On and On. It was a hot hey. song, but it was a disco bootleg. Like I said, this came out in 1980. So then we listened to Jesse's On and On. You can kind of hear a close resemblance. This inside my soul. But that is actually from the song called Player One, uh, Space Invaders. Which he acknowledges was an influence on all and all. Yeah, which was actually, that was actually a rock record. If you go back into it later. That's the disco. That's the rock. So like I said, not just, like I said, I don't, I'm, not my, I'm not a mind reader. I can't know what their intentions were. But um, we could see later in 84 even when he had a chance to start making that name house music. Even there, uh, there was a new record label started with uh, Jesse Saunders and Paul Weisberg at Imports, etc. And it was called Street Fire. And they talk about this is a fresh new sound coming from the streets of Chicago. You, the club jocks, have taken the New York beatbox rhythm mixed it with the international sounds of today and created the new Chicago dance beat. They're not talking about house. They didn't even know what house was. We are now proud to announce the formation of Street Fire Records with its first release, the remix version of Jesse Saunders' Funk You Up, beefed up and dubbed. This perfect example of the new Chicago sound, again, not house, is ready to take the country, the world, by storm. Um, little Funk You Up. 
So you built this case to dispute the claims yes, of because, the first house yeah, music record. Yeah, because 200 years from now, 200 years from now, somebody is going to be opening up a time capsule yes. where some kids are going to be uh, studying the roots of dance music and of house music. Using your archives. The yes. Dance Music Research and dance Archive Foundation. Research. And it would just, it would just, it would be very uh, disappointing to me, and I think to them as well, when they find out that this, I'm not going to hold back. On and on, the beat tracks on that were dope. The B side was dope. But really, very few people even played the A side. And it's not played today. It is not passed the test of time. Um, it was a remake of an existing record. Um, it's just not, it's just, I can't, I can't go along with that claim. So the, these records, many of which uh, across genres all have some basis, right? To which they were created. I'm, well, I'm hearing your claim that presents a strong business case, right? That, yeah. uh, the attachment of the genre of house music right, to these songs can be challenged. But they're certainly viable songs. Sampling or replaying are oh, yeah. all practices of the, this genre and many others. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. But, I mean, like I said, when we talk about the test of time, this was uh, early October uh, in Spain, in Madrid, Spain, and Little Louis playing his house. There's a reason you can still play that song because it is the blueprint. Because you can, in any modern dance music you hear now, you can hear that sound. Unfortunately, songs like On and On did not pass the test of time. Uh, we call those records mops because when you put them on, they clean the dance floor. Whoa. So the change of time, you're, what I'm hearing you suggest is that these are not contemporary songs and they, their shelf life was limited to a period of, of time. However, the It's House track, which I think in your other interview with Joe that um, you shared recently this week, it was a Danish or German yeah. uh, group. You talk about the kick bass. Let's talk about some of the uh, technicality of, of the song. Yeah, well, it, it uses a sample, but it's a sample of my voice. Okay. That's the only sample that's in there. As a matter of fact, if you want to know all the lyrics, it's, it's house, it's house, it's house, it's house. Now you know all the lyrics. Yeah, the, the marketing behind that was to ensure right, yep, to make that, sure that people be, knew the title. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But from a production standpoint, that's what I wanted to hear more about. You talked about you know the, the bass, uh, the kick drum as the... Uh, anchor of yeah, the, the song. kick drum was definitely the anchor. We yeah. we went. I like I said. I put a lot of time into crafting, really, really curating that kick drum, so it had exactly the tonality that I wanted. Yeah. Uh, the deepness, the roundness, everything, and and even the distortion on it. And that's why, again, it still today is relevant. The Vintage House Podcast is sponsored by FP Commercial Advisors. Real Estate Advisors for Professionals. Learn more at www.findersplus.com. And by Excursions Chicago, Chicago's very own monthly global soul dance adventure. 
Find their new dance adventure at excursionschicago.com. Bennett House is powered by the Modern Dance Music Research and Archiving Foundation, the only repository in the United States dedicated solely to the study, preservation, and celebration of house and dance music genres. Learn more at dancemusicfound.org. Subscribe and follow the Vintage House podcast on SoundCloud and wherever you get your podcasts, including the Apple Store and Google Play. Find the Dance Music Foundation on social media at Vintage House and at Dance Music Found. This is Chip B, and you're listening to Vintage House on WNUR. So what was your inspiration for that, um, for focusing on that part of the song as the foundation that made it timeless or contemporary? I think my, it was, I I would say it was just kind of uh, modern dance music and, and disco music because it was the breakdown it was the breakdown that everybody liked the most. Mm-hmm. You know, you play the whole yeah. song, but you're trying to get to the breakdown. That was part. So I wanted to make a record that was mo- mainly the breakdown instead of just a little bit of the breakdown. So you were, you're saying, though, you were influenced by oh, an existing uh, genre of music, maybe oh, the disco. I was, I was, I was, I was uh, influenced by mm-hmm. disco, rock. by mas- bossa nova, yes. Yes. by rock, um, by classical mm-hmm. music. Um, I have very eclectic parents, so they, they listen to all kinds of weird and wacky stuff. So, and, and that influence spilled over to you. Uh, what, yeah. what do you say to those who uh, talk about house music as really being uh, influenced by Afro-Latin rhythms? And I, would, I wouldn't. Uh, I, w- I would say it's, it's mono. Uh, I'm sorry, it's multi-rhythmic. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't I wouldn't narrow it down just to Afro Afro rhythms, but unless we include Afro Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there are definitely some African rhythms, some Afro Caribbean rhythms that we hear throughout the music. It is uh, certainly the four on the floor, uh, you know, beat is core to what I think most have accepted as um, songs that include uh, that approach and that cadence to their rhythm our house songs. We, we all can agree on yeah. that. Amen. And so what we've heard here is a challenge to what has been archived and documented on this show and um, throughout time, the last 30 years, uh, as to what the first house record was. Yeah. I've been lax and, in my dispute, and uh, like, so I could go deeper. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to go too much deep, but I've been lax, and I, I just, it, like I said, now... Uh, I'm at a point in my life where I don't know how much longer I'm going to get to have the truth out. So it's important that I do that now. But it, what's interesting. It's about understanding everyone's point of view so we can put together a timeline. Our producer should be on the mic. Come over here and, 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 and share because these are uh, great insights as well in that the intent and purpose certainly of this show and the dance music research and archive foundation is to get the collective and aggregate of opinions and perspectives on how this genre was formed, how we keep it alive, how we continue to curate it 
right, as something that will be worth handing down to generations to, to come in the future. And so it's important that we hear these multivariate uh, perspectives. Um, again, I think you led and opened the conversation, though, with opinion versus fact. Facts, and right. your uh, presentation uh, attempts to facts. go down the, the factual path versus the opinions that have been shared in, right. in, in and, the past. And speaking of going forward, the music going forward, I'm, I'm speaking to all the DJs and producers out there. Um, you've got to make music for the young kids. I see a lot of producers that are making um, old school house music. Kids aren't into that. Maybe some of them are, but not the majority. We've got to keep it young. I never went out and thought about playing music for older people. I've always played music for young people and people who are young at heart. That's, yeah. that's the important thing. I mean... I, I just I hear too many DJs playing what I call sleep house. That's that's that sleep that house. Sleep house. Hey, I, sleep house. That's, new term. That's that old school stuff for people who can't stay up so, past nine o'clock. Sleep house. So um, let let me ask. Um, I'm not, not going to go into what it is. We all know what it is. I don't no, already. But, I don't already made enough controversy. Pissed I, off enough people. My but, challenge yeah. in in having the conversation around it is just that there are people who will play nostalgic music, right? Because it invokes an emotion uh, that maybe they felt at a certain time in, the, in their life. And then oh, there are 100%. those. Yep. Yeah, who, because music is the soundtrack of our life. Absolutely. Music, music talks to us about, uh, I mean, it talks to not only our, our ear, but our brain and our heart. And it reminds us of those times, those important times in our life when we were happy or sad, when yes. we didn't have any bills, you know, when we could just Life was party. simple. Life was simple. And yeah. that's what... That's what that nostalgic music goes back to. But I think you can remember being in the car with your mom, you know, or dad, and, you know, you hear the Dusties on, you're like, oh, no, not the Dusties. You know, and that's the way the kids are today. We got we to keep the music set fresh. We got to keep the sound fresh. So, yeah, I mean, I, I have a daughter. She's um, not in her teens anymore. She's a young adult, and she came to many uh, house music festivals and, and picnics and the like with me and then there was a point where she chose not to but she has her own taste in in music but I bet you two hundred dollars that she has been influenced by what she experienced when she was with her parents and it'll come back um, to her in her experiences and she will find some nostalgia right in those experiences and, and want to listen to that, that music. So it's, there's a time and a place. There and, is. and I think your point is that um, there are some records that will have a timeless shelf life, right? And that they can be contemporary. And a lot of people say that the Motown genre, if you will, um, exemplifies that. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Is that in the vein of sort of the the thinking that yeah. goes into your, your comments? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Very good. And so what what is it today besides speaking on the facts at ADE and other conferences? Um, what is contemporary for Chip E? Well, I just started a new label. Let me see if I got uh, the artwork for it. Yeah, where is it? That's not it. Um, yeah, so we got a new label. It's called You So Nasty. You So Nasty Records. 
And we're going to have a party brand with that too. It's called the Nasty Bash. We're going to get Leonard Roy on mixing on the Nasty Bash. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, but we got, we got some uh, new, new, new music coming out. Some of the stuff you heard me open up with. Um, we're going to be doing a lot of really fresh stuff. I'm working with some guys in Germany and some guys in Spain. Uh, Calixto in Spain. Uh, Michael Waterman, Mike Dubbs in Germany. Um, they were, they were running A&R for me in Europe. And um, we're doing it big. How about uh, in the, your backyard? What um, in terms of opportunities to work with, collaborate? You I'm know, com- we've got Leonard Remix Roy in the in the room. You had Joe Smooth with you on the road in Europe. Yeah, Rick, uh, Rick Gazowski is my A uh, and R for uh, for the states. Yes. and we're always looking. You can send anything to promo at usonasty dot house. Okay, promo at usonasty dot house. Always looking for new tunes, collaborations, all that. Very good, and um, I'm certainly curious uh, in terms of when was the last time you played here in in Chicago and oh, where? Actually, I just played. I just played at Gotham. I played a uh, played a techno set. Uh, a lot of people don't mm-hmm. know me for techno, but I played a techno nice, set for uh, nice. Gotham. Me, Microdot, uh, Eric Gomez, and uh, Paul Johnson, and a couple other guys. Oh, and DJ Skull, my man. Uh, and, it was it was wicked. It was so so underground. And. How did we how did we miss this? Because you you're saying oh, techno is not something that you're known for for playing. Yeah, but uh, you know I I play ultra music festival. I play on the resistance okay. stage with Carl Cox. Yes, and so you know my boys mm-hmm. play techno. So I'm like, yeah, maybe I should play some techno. Um, but I feel all music. I feel I I don't I don't put limits to what, what I play, uh, except I don't play hip hop. <laughs> all right, uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe some old school. It's, maybe it's some, house, yeah, yeah, maybe mm. some old school. But uh, yeah, not this uh, new mumble stuff. Yeah, that's a challenge. Um, and so we're thinking that the opportunity for you to, um, you know, share more about. Um, these fact-based uh, stances, these business cases, right, was certainly a, an opportunity. You know there's going to be some uh, retort. I know there's going to be some rebuttal. Uh, Bring it on. We are looking for those who want to join us here on Vintage House. Oh, you're going to have a big line. Want to rebut. And uh, we welcome that because, again, we're uh, – we're a, documenting this genre. Yeah, it's got to be an open conversation. It, it when we, is. When we, close it, when we close it, it doesn't do any good to anybody. And, and it's professional. We have a copy of an artifact in studio with us yes. um, tonight. Hold it up for us. Let, Leonard, time to, to Jack. This is Mega's copy, so if it <laughs> finds its way on somebody else's platter, you guys know. And then I'm going to have uh, Chip sign it uh, before he leaves tonight. We've got just about five minutes left um, in our show tonight, Chip. Um, tell us a little bit about the set you just uh, spun for us. What, um, what did we hear in there? What did you hear? You heard the majority of my music, with I think with the exceptions of uh, Paul Johnson's Get Down and uh, Remix of Percolator. But I think everything you heard on there was uh, some of my tracks, some of my new tracks for uh, 19. Uh, and besides um, Track Source and Beatport, are you putting anything back on vinyl or what? Yeah, we are talking about buy? a limited yeah. uh, vinyl because, oh, where's my, where's my slide? I gotta, cause I gotta, I gotta, so, 
uh, next year we've got It's House 2020 coming out. It's going to have remixes by me, Joe Smooth, Paul Johnson, Derek Carter, Bad Boy Bill, Jeff Mills, Cyrus Hood, James Curd, Ghetto Blaster, Paul Bunk, and others to be announced. All right. So you heard it here. A um, mega EP. Domestically, at least, we broke this news, I'd like to think. It's House 2020 with uh, mixes by all of the above. And we are um, certainly looking forward to hearing that. And, uh, of course, we would love to have you back on Vintage House Show uh, Absolutely. near the time of the release. Yeah, I'll try to make it sometime warm. <laughs> <laughs> what, so what's next for you in, in terms of your overseas yeah, uh, so, performances? Uh, later this month, uh, or when I'm saying later, I mean uh, November, I head on my Asian tour. Then, um, then I come back in December to do uh, Havana, Cuba, the IEFP Festival. It's a wonderful festival. And then from there, I don't know. I might be going back over to Asia or I might be going to Europe. I don't know. So it's a little, oh, I'm kind of ex- kind of excited. Uh, next year, I'm, I'm doing a new party in Rotterdam called Kinky Party. The so, Kinky Party. Yeah, so this is going to be interesting. Well, it goes uh, sort of parallel to the you, you Nasty, Nasty Bash, Bash record. Yeah, but Nasty yeah. Bash, I don't, make, I don't make the DJs wear latex. So that's going to be really interesting. Video forthcoming. I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. We're in Asia. We're in Asia, uh, Thailand, and uh, Japan. How are those audiences for you? Oh, Thailand, Japan—they are—they are are amazing. They—I always say like this, like especially Japan. In the in the U.S., uh, our fans know the music, and they probably they probably know who the producer was. In the U.K., they know the music, they know the producer, and they know what studio you recorded at. Yes. In Asia. They know the music, the producer, the studio, and what you have for lunch. <laughs> they get Love they it. get deep into it. It yeah. is the detail, right, yeah. that um, makes the difference. And with social media, I'm sure some of that uh, sharing is feeds that uh, intensely, right? Absolutely. So we like to ask all of our guests also on this version or this edition of vintage house a philosophical question go ahead and so for you we have one that well, probably fits the man uh himself but if you were uh in a different physical state uh in which you were part of a cave and this cave consisted of stag what are those things stag yeah that that stuff, stalagmites, stalactites, um, coal, and of course, from coal comes diamonds. What would you say in your life may have helped shape you into a diamond within this cave? Ah, uh, interesting. What would help me make me into a diamond? Because uh, I've never had it easy. I've always been pounded on. Being a being the younger guy in the crew, yep. being the shorter guy in the crew, I was always beat up. I was always pounded, and I had to fight my way every tooth and nail every time. So, yeah, that hardened me, but it still still kept my passion. Still kept my passion. And that is another edition of Philosophical Grooves with your main man, Mega, and our special guest, super-duper legendary producer, Chip E. 
We appreciate you being here. We appreciate Leonard Remix Roy stopping in the studio to spend this evening with us. For the Vintage House crew, I'm Mega. want to thank our media director, Chloe, and our incredible producer, Lauren Lowry. You're listening to WNUR FM 89.3 NHD1. The Vintage House Podcast is sponsored by FP Commercial Advisors, real estate advisors for professionals. Learn more at www.bindersplus.com and by Excursions Chicago, Chicago's very own monthly global soul dance adventure. Find their new dance adventure at excursionschicago.com. Vintage House is powered by the Modern Dance Music Research and Archiving Foundation, the only repository in the United States dedicated solely to the study, preservation, and celebration of house and dance music genres. Learn more at dancemusicfound.org. Subscribe and follow the Vintage House podcast on SoundCloud and wherever you get your podcasts including the Apple Store and Google Play. Find the Dance Music Foundation on social media at Vintage House and at Dance Music Found. Listen to Vintage House on Wednesdays at 10 p.m. on WNUR 89.3 FM, WNUR.org, Facebook Live, and VintageHouseShow.com. Vintage House.